stress. Oh. <laughs> this is literally so low stakes. If you say anything that you don't want me to put in there, I'll just edit it out. In that case, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Okay. Okay, guys. Welcome back to BYOB. Today, I'm here with a very special guest, and that is Malcolm Stewart. Malcolm graduated the class of 2018. He was a student in Batten. And guys, get ready for this. We have we have a long intro for him. <laughs> he was the class president, um, part of Stable Society, an OL, an RA, SR of the Lawn, a Sky Allen Scholarship recipient. He was a guide who has a record for giving the most historical tours, most historical tours, and total tours given. He is currently a product manager for an investment firm located in Silicon Valley right now. He has a photography business. Um, he's going back to school at Darden next year. Woo woo. He's on the advisory board for the president of the United States. <laughs> no. Good one. <laughs> Not yet. Um, president of the university. And he also serves on Batten's foundation board. So, well, <laughs> Hello. Wow. When you put it all out there like that. <laughs> I know, I, just I need like to stop saying yes. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So, Malcolm, thank you so much for coming on, guys. We also it's have a, a special guest, even more special than Malcolm, much and that more. that is Pilot. Pilot, do you want to come say hi? Pilot is so done with everything happening here right now. Pilot is so tired. Him and Malcolm are kind of vibing though. Like at first, it was a bit of a hostile energy because. Little, actually, this isn't a little known fact. Pilot hates men. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree on that front. <laughs> <laughs> but Pilot is not a fan of men. So the fact that, you know, he's being so good, he even, I have a picture of them together. Like he was sitting right right, right next to Malcolm. Feet. Yeah. So they're, they're kind of friends now. It's a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> work in progress. Okay. So we have a lot of questions for you and we'll just get right into it. The first one has to do with your intro and that's. The oh fact that you have a very extensive resume. So what motivated you to be so involved at UVA? That's a great question, actually. I love that you're starting with that. You know, it's it's interesting. I've gotten this question a lot over the years when I've met either current students or other alums where people do exactly what you just did of listing off, like being involved in XYZ thing. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because most of my friends and people who know me well are just like oh yeah he's just obsessed with uva he has <laughs> nothing else going for him in his life except for the university of virginia and true but uh for me it's it's a little deeper than that um it's less of an obsession with uva and more so a desire to give back to something that's given so much to me mm. i think it's very easy for me to say that i would not be the person i am with not for the experiences I had at UVA, the relationships I built here, and people who are still in my life that are still here yeah. at the university. And so that is something that is not lost on me. I would go as far to say that without some of those relationships and the growth I went through, I probably wouldn't even be alive today. Mm. And so that's something that you come away from years later, you can go. And I went literally basically as far as you can yeah. in the United States away from this space and this area and all these people. And I just constantly kept feeling this pull to come back. I was yeah. always coming back, whether it's for board meetings or whatnot. I just always wanted to and had a desire to. And I just never am done feeling like I don't have more that I can give because mm -hmm. this is a place that's given so much to me. So it's kind of the least I can do. Pay yeah. it forward. Lift as you climb, as some would say. And mm -hmm. so it's one of those things where I just know that there's more I can do here. And I look forward to doing it. Yeah, definitely. And you definitely have done a lot here for the university 
and you kind of touched on the fact that you feel like UVA has given so much to you. So do you just want to go into a little bit of what you think you've gained from UVA or how the school has shaped you? Ooh, we're getting deep here on question two. <laughs> My God. Okay. We just jump right into you it. Jump right and bring your own baggage. I get it. I get the name like now. Your, in, your intro was like your uh, step into the water and now we're just diving <laughs> into the deep end. All right. I get it. Okay. So what was the question? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I have the attention. My dad tells me this joke. He's like, you have the attention span of a dead squirrel (laughs) is something my dad frequently tells me. I'll be saying. dead squirrel is so specific. I was thinking like goldfish. No, dead squirrel. He said that to me. I forgot what I was doing. It was years ago. I was way younger Mm -hmm. and something happened. My dad said that and my brother was cracking up. My mom was like, that is so mean. But honey, you got to pay attention. And I was like, I know, I know. She's like, I'm not going to agree, but. But yeah, everyone. Yeah. So. Yeah, I need the question, okay. but I'm sorry. No problem. The question was just like, what do you think UVA has given to you and how has UVA shaped you to make you want to be so involved in the university? Yeah, so there's a lot of tangible things and there's the intangible. So tangible wise, I have mentors who are still very prominently a part of my life. I know that I um, I call like my UVA dad, one of my mentors, Aww. Bill Antholis. He's the director of the Miller Center. Okay. And he has been my mentor since my second year yeah. through the Mayweather Lewis Institute that they match us. And it was kind of funny. I've told him the story. I We got to rank like our top three people that we want to be our mentors. Okay. And that's very like sorority esque yeah, of you. <laughs> so, I mean, so we spent like the summer doing the Meriwether Lewis Institute fellowship and yeah. the vice president of student affairs by the time that was Pat Lampkin mm-hmm. ran that. And so she spent the summer getting to know us. And so they came and were like, we're going to match you guys with the mentor. We'll do our best to make sure it's someone that we think is a good fit. But if mm-hmm. there's someone you want, put them on a list. So okay. I put, Someone else is my number one. It was, I think it was Cheryl Mills, who used to be Hillary Clinton's chief of staff at one point in time, who had spoken to us over the summer. Yeah. I was just in love with her. I was like, I want her. Yeah. She's awesome. She was an RA back in the day. She told these really fun stories. Yeah. And I was like, she's incredible. And then I had met with Bill one time and was like, can I have him? And then I had someone else as my third. Yeah. And I found out years later when I was talking to Pat, I was like, it's so good that Cheryl said no because bill's been the best thing yeah. the best mentor for me and pat laughed at me and she was like i never asked cheryl i just knew bill was going to be a perfect mentor for you so i just jumped to number two and i was like oh my god like that's <laughs> incredible and this worked out so well like, he has yeah. just been such an incredible person wow. like i'm friends with his family i go up dinner and stay with him all the time it's just Aww. great so he he's like the first person one of the first people that comes to mind because it's been just a almost a parental kind of unit in my life but also Mm -hmm. so much of a friend and a mentor in so many aspects yeah um and then i I have similar relationships mary elizabeth luzar over at the alumni association has been someone who's really been guiding me through my entire uva experience and yeah i talk about my surrogate mother Uh at uva so there's people like that there's just so many amazing professionals at the university um tabitha enoch Dina Ramo. Shout out. Yeah, shout out. They, I mean, they all know uh, that they, they are really important people to me and that I would not be the person I am or where I am if not for many of them getting me through many of the things that I went through while I was here at UVA. Yeah. And I, I think that kind of touches to the intangible piece is I, I went through a significant loss while I was at UVA. Mm-hmm. I know there's the speech out there on the internet. Um, mm-hmm. I lost my mother to cancer. My 
summer going into second year, I was an orientation leader at the time. And so Tabitha Enoch was the first person on grounds who really knew what was going on at that yeah. point. And she helped me through that. But then also just I my coping mechanism all through like high school when my mom had first gotten diagnosed was work and just like mm-hmm. keep working and keep doing things in hindsight 2020 bad idea do not advise that for a lot of people and but it was something that you know I found my way of kind of getting through a lot was finding ways to keep making her proud and making my family proud so that if there were health concerns or other things that my family was concerned or worried about I was not going to be one of the things that they needed to be concerned Mm. or worried about and so I just would get super involved in my work and that is a piece of why I found myself my first year, I was in a couple of activities, second, third, fourth. I just kind of went crazy. I just said yes to everything. I tried new things and I just kept going. And you can run as long and hard as you want. Eventually life kind of catches up to you. And that's something that the times where everything did catch up, UVA was my grounding place. This Mm -hmm. is where I came and where I was and where people were in my corner that really helped me through those tough times. Mm -hmm. So that's that intangible piece of why I kind of, always feel indebted to this place because Mm -hmm. I went through so much and grew so much and it's because of the environment that I was in while I was here. Mm -hmm. Yeah thank you for sharing that and I feel like you just touched on something that was like a prominent theme of your farewell address. For anyone who hasn't listened or watched Malcolm's farewell address I highly recommend it. It's on YouTube on the internet forever (laughs) it is um but (laughs) yeah (laughs) something that you talked about was kind of like redefining family and finding that at uva and in your speech you kind of talked about how the ols that you had worked with that summer like came to your mom's funeral and you just discussed about how there's a seat that may be empty for her but there are just plenty of seats that have been added to your table from the OLs and the mentors you've gained at UVA. And I think that's something that's really special because it's, I feel like it's kind of hard sometimes to find that at UVA because it can just be overwhelming to like reach out to staff and faculty at UVA because you're like, this person is so accomplished and you know, they have so many better things to be doing than, you know, helping me. But it's important to remember that that's what they're here for. Absolutely. Like your professors, your, I don't know, bosses and stuff at UV, like they want to help you. And that's one of the reasons why they got into a teaching profession. And so the yeah. fact that you are able to really take advantage of those, or not take advantage of those relationships, but, you know, make the most of those relationships and be so vulnerable to these people is something that's really special oh absolutely and i mean it's something that isn't lost on me and i think in part of it this comes back to my mom so my mom was a tenured professor at vcu in education so i always joked and couldn't wrap my head around but she taught students how to be teachers who want to be teachers you know it makes sense and <laughs> Very I, I, circular, yeah. it never made sense to me i was like you're a teacher who teaches teachers you want teachers that want to be teachers and i don't know it was always really funny to me but she she loved her job. She loved what she did. And it was one of those things where it's like this is in a lot of ways working in higher ed or education at all. Yeah. Can tend to be a thankless job. And it mm-hmm. can be something. It's something that you have to want to do and love doing. And I literally just earlier this week, um, the new vice president of student affairs, Robin Hadley, had asked me to come and talk to their division for VPSA because there's just a lot going on in higher ed right now. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of things that people want. Mm-hmm. And just having someone who 
has openly and I've talked to them about this where it's like, hey, I appreciate you guys for everything you do, where she's like, more people on our staff could hear a nice, warm, fuzzy, like, thank yeah, you. So yeah. I came and I talked to them and it was one thing that I mentioned is like, look, you guys are the backbone of this university in a lot of ways. And the students are the front and center and they're the ones keeping everything going in a lot of ways. But yeah. we sometimes forget and the policies and when we get told no by the administration and things of that sort that these people do care they're not out here to get us and yeah. i feel like i can say that confidently and they're not paying me to get up here and sing their <laughs> praises but it's like literally I, I joked with them and said you don't get paid enough to just do this for kicks and giggles yeah i know that all of them in this room are doing this for a reason and that's something that i do think gets lost a lot of times and that was something that wasn't lost on me but it's because i put in the time to make those personal relationships mm -hmm. like there were times where i wanted events to go a certain way or things to happen and i got told no and i i tried really hard even when i wanted to be like ah, the university's out to get me yeah not doing this like you guys are the worst was it wasn't the alumni association said no or the president's office said no or this said no it was ah man like president sullivan told us we can't do that yeah. i get it i'm upset but i get it you yeah know? it's like dean petters said that this isn't gonna fly it's like okay mm -hmm. love you to death you're the man but also we'll find a way to make it happen yeah. you know so yeah. it's, it's like those kind of things where those relationships if you can build them where you understand at the end of the day where they're coming from mm -hmm. it's gonna make working with the people and honestly finding common ground so you can find solutions yeah. a lot easier and I think that's something that sometimes gets lost on yeah. both students and even administration yeah and I think being that kind of goes into what it's like to be a student leader and you know I feel like at L2K over the summer like we just like had a conversation on how it can be difficult to like communicate with UVA admin and I think that's definitely true but like what you're saying basically like a lot of people can learn from and it's important to foster a relationship you have first before just going into this is x y and z that you're doing wrong like there are always Absolutely. two sides to every story and it's much easier to communicate and resolve problems resolve conflicts with people yeah, when you know them when you know where they're coming from when you are like okay this person doesn't have any they're not trying to cause harm to me like yeah. and i need to understand where they are coming from so we can you know and compromise and honestly when you know what it is they also want like it's it's easier to compromise when you know what's something the other party is trying to get from the table and yeah. so i know there is uh, whenever students ask me it's like what's one piece of advice you might have for current students yeah i always say the exact same thing which is uva is an ask and you shall receive school mm. you just have to know who to ask and be willing to ask yeah and so someone might say no but go talk to this person they'll keep sending you and then eventually yeah you might find the right person like oh yeah we can make that happen yeah and that was my experience and that's ultimately how i was able to get certain things done at the mm -hmm. university was because when i first got told no i said okay you're telling me no mm -hmm. but who might say yes? yeah who who <laughs> might need a little how can i work arm? the yes. system <laughs> and and it it got me so much further it's got our class of 2018 through many of the things Things that you know in dealing with august 11th and 12th there were a lot of events and things that yeah. we tried to do that they told us no trick-or-treating of the lawn they told us you can't have balloons at graduation yeah. and we were able to work through those things because i was like okay i hear no and i'm going to respect that but i'm also going to keep fighting until i get the final like there is no way this is going to happen exactly. and ultimately 
their nose had a reason behind it, but there were ways to work around that where it's like, okay, if that's the problem, here's the solution to the problem. If that problem's no longer an issue, can we do it? Yeah. And then they would say yes. <laughs> yeah. Great advice. No, I love that piece of advice because that also touches on the fact that I think we're all so scared of rejection, mm. whether that be, you know, rejection from a college, rejection from a person in a friendship, rejection in a romantic relationship. Like all of these are things that we're so scared of, but what's the worst that can happen if you ask, you know, someone says no. And then like you say, you just, okay, you move on to the next person. Yeah. And, you know, you figure out how to work from there, but you'll never know how something's going to go unless you ask. And I feel like rejection is a much better feeling than regret because there have been so many times where I'm like, oh, I wish I had, you know, maybe like tried to be part of this club or I wish I had like go like talk to this person in my class or blah, blah, blah. And then regret like sticks with you. But rejection, you're like, okay, I did all that I could. And, you know, we move on to the next. Yeah, they're lost. Exactly. They're lost. The universe just didn't want this for me. Exactly. It's I know a lot of famous people have said it i always see it because will smith said it is the whole <laughs> fail quickly fail often fail hard yeah and i think that that's something that college students and kids in general just need to hear often you exactly know? and the quicker you learn that the more successful you'll be absolutely saying that from my 21 years of experience <laughs> i'm like with so much yeah, life and experience life under my belt <laughs> yeah but you touched on you know events that you couldn't have because of august 11th and 12th and i'm sure this is a question you get a lot but can you just walk us through like what it was like to be class president and sr of the lawn during august Mm. 11th and 12th it was a really interesting time Uh, i can easily say that it was a really hard time for many reasons Uh, i grew a lot in that time because of personal conflicts but also just dealing with the dynamics of everything that was happening i mean uva for the umpteenth time was put on a national microscope of everything that was happening here and let's see to the specific question though it was really interesting because so there is actually a funny little byline in the head resident of the lawn position where you are not allowed to hold another elected position at the university at the same time unless you get approval from the housing residence life. I think there was an issue like years ago in that line it kept there where they just felt it was too much to ask of one person. Okay. I saw quite quickly why that byline was there. (laughs) I would not advise doing it. It it kind of makes sense because it just is a lot. However, that being said, that specific year – I remember reflecting on, I thought, like not saying, oh, no one else could have done my job. I think that someone else possibly could have done it better. I think that the challenges that the university was facing that year made it so that the fact that I appealed the whole, like, hey, can I be class president and head resident? And I had worked with Dean Petters all four years before, and he had seen me as an RA, and he's like, I I know that you can handle this, but are you sure you want to do this? And I said, yes. I don't know how some of the things that got done that fourth year would have happened if those were two separate positions. Mm. And it was a really interesting thing. So I'll, I'll give you an example. There was the bicentennial kind of its kickoff celebrations were happening that year. And that happened after August 11th and 12th. So we had all the metal detectors. We had all these security protocols set up all around the lawn for every major event the rest of the year. And I remember going to a meeting 
that was with all of the people who were in charge of security, major events, and all of that, and the President Sullivan, everyone was in that room. Sorry, President Sullivan for the new students mm-hmm. was the president before Jim Ryan. Yeah. I forget that I'm old and irrelevant now. <laughs> but um, so we were all in this meeting, and they were looking around asking questions and talking about things. And at one point, um, I believe it's Pat Hogan, one of the people in charge of security or something at UVA, had turned and he asked me a question about the fourth year class and the events and how I felt like what was the pulse of the community right now? Do Did we think we could handle kind of having this event in specific ways and whatnot? And I thought for a second, I answered the question and then I was like, well, what about the lawn residents? Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, yeah. And we're, we're like talking with the lawn residents. Like we're going to meet with the pavilion residents and the lawn as well. And I was like, well, like I'm their RA, like, let's have a second and talk about that. Yeah. And like, oh, like, yeah, we can knock out two birds, one stone. Like, yeah. you are here. Let's talk about that. And like, let's set up these protocols. And there was one thing specifically that was going on where they were talking about how in order to get in and out of the lawn without certain credentials, you need to pass. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, you had to wait for the tickets. And I was like, well, what about the lawnies? Yeah. And they were just like, yeah, like, they'll, they'll go through the entryways. I'm like, what if you're a lawn resident and needs to have run back to your room from class to pick up another book yeah and you have to wait in line for everyone going in for the thing and they were like that's a good point yeah. and so it was like one of those funny things like wait a second if i was not here in my capacity as president would this question have come up in the capacity yeah. of the law and the residents and it was something where i was like wow this like kind of worked out and so the ultimate thing that we came with there were these passes that basically were the Second highest level where the RMC security, if they saw that you can come in and out as you want, I made sure that all the lawn residents had one of those passes mm-hmm. because we needed to make sure like if you are in your room, you should be able to get out. If you don't want to be on the lawn while the bicentennial is happening, you should be able to leave and not worry about getting back to your room and stuff. Yeah. So it was little things like that where that year had so many unique challenges that were coming up. It really did benefit like the lawn is the centerpiece of the university. If there's a major event, they're going to try and have it on the lawn. And at the same time, our class of 2018 had been through a lot where it was something where it was really good that every time the university was like, hey, we need to make sure we're taking student sentiment into account here. Help us with understanding that I was able to bring in the perspective of, okay, we want to do this for trick or treating on the lawn. We want to do this for graduation. Here's what I think the lawn residents can handle from my conversation with them. Here's what I think the fourth year class would love to have happen because we don't want an event to get shut down. Yeah. And so long-winded answer. I'm sorry. I always give long-winded answers, but no, that, that is know. a lot of um, kind of how the challenges of that year and handling those two positions. I, again, I don't think it's something that should happen frequently, but I do think in that year it kind of needed to happen in a lot of ways. Yeah. In that conversation about the bicentennial, what is it? bicentennial yeah the bicentennial okay I, the bicentennial. I don't think there's another name to it <laughs> i can just like imagine you just like flipping between like your hats of like sr and like class president but then i'm like you kind of just combined them like you just yeah like it's it was like a mega position <laughs> it, it's it's i mean in at the end of the day it's it was always funny because so sarah kenny she's a really close friend of mine she was student council president that year okay. and it's funny because people always get class councils and student councils mixed up yeah and i would always make the joke i was like sarah's my boss technically like <laughs> she's president of the school yeah. i just do 2018 that's yeah. that's my shindig there and so they when she was a lawn resident it was funny because we would always joke with each other it's like technically she's my boss for class pre- presidents yeah. wise but i'm her ra <laughs> so it was like this funny little power dynamic yeah. where it's like hey like don't throw a party and she'd be like hey <laughs> don't 
don't tell me what to don't do. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So it was this funny thing. Um, but we, we like had a ton of fun. I had like that was one of the cool things was it was really unique because I was the president for our class and I had been there for three years. I had a relationship more or less with almost all of the lawn residents mm-hmm. before they got there. And there were a few who I didn't. I just tried to make an extra effort to get to know them. So it was really great in that aspect because there was this this essence of, look, at the end of the day, forget the titles, but we are still all class of 2018 here. And that was easier for me to help lawn residents understand mm-hmm. and focus on because I had spent three years trying to just get every member of the 2018 to say we're all in this together yeah and so that was something that i just had had a lot of practice doing yeah awesome thanks for sharing that and thanks for kind of going back to that year because i'm sure it was definitely in like emotionally charged time so sometimes you know trying to reflect on where you were 2018 was that three years ago long time ago it's difficult yeah i think i'm getting gray oh no (laughs) you at what 20 24 25 okay six yeah month. you <gasps> i know oh god I know. it's a struggle out there oh no four years until you're 30 okay don't do that <laughs> that's just absurd <laughs> that's how i feel when people are like you only have like a semester left of college <laughs> yeah i'm like no oh man no 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 take that energy away from me okay yeah so on a lighter note yes you were in the sable society i was i yeah. I'm obsessed with secret societies. So if anyone is listening to it who is in a secret society, please tap me. That is all I want. Oh my Malcolm, I'm sure you can pull some strings to get me in to like be a, a Z or a seven. Maybe. I, I wish I could. <laughs> Unfortunately, those are strings I can't even tap for myself. So there's that. But um, no. Yeah. So I assume the question is what's what is the yeah, secret society? I, for I want all. Yeah. Okay. Well, first you can explain to us like what the Sable Society is what you do but then i want you to tell me everything you can about what it's like to be in a secret society because <laughs> if you guys listen to the last week's episode ned is an imp and oh, he probably gave you much better answers than i can no like he the imps will be very glad to hear this but he literally could tell me nothing about oh, really? what it was like yeah he was like my lips are sealed and i was like oh but everyone knows who the imps are i know who, who but really like he, what, yeah what happens behind the scenes that's what that's what i'm saying that's interesting for starters, like the Sable Society and structure is similar to the Z's. Like when they graduate, they we we like post on Facebook or whatever. It's like, oh, these like, are like so fun being a part of it. it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really never a surprise when the Z's. Do. It's not a surprise when Sable Society does it. Like it's not a surprise when someone's like, oh, the M's got tapped. Like everyone kind of figures this stuff out eventually. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can I can definitely give a bit to Sable Society history, and I I'm actually really excited to. I okay. heard when you would interviewed emma keller and she talked briefly about yeah. it and i remember sitting listening to that podcast and i was like ah, i was like people still don't really know what the Sable society is and i wish we got that out there more yeah and all right now's your now's, now's your chance. chance time yeah. to shine shameless plug yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so it, it's an interesting story so the sable society was started back in i believe it was 2015 so okay. this is well before your time <laughs> but so um this was when another point in time in american history when a lot of the police brutality was going on across the country and there's a lot of social unrest on that and there's a student at uva named martise johnson who was wrongfully arrested down on the corner the mm-hmm. abc police officers were there outside of a bar they thought it was presenting a fake presenting a fake id mm-hmm. um and there was this picture 
that went viral of them arresting him and they took him to the ground and his head hit the ground and kind of like busted oh. and he, he, he was like bleeding and it was this picture that was in Washington Post yeah. all over. And it really brought home these issues of police brutality and, and racism because, especially here at UVA, because it happened in our backyard. It was right yeah. on the corner. And so as these protests were happening in 2015, all around, we had this thing happen right at UVA where it became impossible for anyone in the community to ignore. And rightfully so. And so one of the things that happened was there are a few students, uh, Aaron Frazier, VJ Jenkins, Martise himself, and a few other students at the time who got together and there was this initiative called Green Dot, which I believe is still on ground yeah. today. Mm-hmm. And Green Dot is focused on active bystanders trying to help to um, alleviate and mitigate situations of sexual harassment or sexual misconduct and be an active bystander in any situation that looks wrong. Mm-hmm. And Green Dot had started up in 2014, 2015 after the events of um, Hannah Graham and other things that got yeah. on at the university. And so... Aaron and VJ and the other students who had started what later became Sable got together and they had created something that they called Black Dot, which basically was just organizing students together with the help of some of the other multicultural organizations on grounds to get together and say, hey, look, there are issues facing the minority communities at UVA, specifically right now the African-American community. Let's come together and organize. Let's schedule protests. Let's schedule meetings. Let's talk with the the administrators and figure out what needs to happen. And similar to how Green Dot has brought all this attention to sexual misconduct, let's bring the attention to these issues that we want to focus on. And so they did that and they were really effective in bringing a lot to the table and making sure the university was focusing on those issues. And as time passed and, you know, the case with Martise eventually got settled and everything, Black Dot kind of faded off but Mm -hmm. the students who had started that realized that they had identified a need in the sense that we have all these secret societies at uva each of them kind of do their own special thing and what they focus on yeah but all of them are limited by the network of their members you know Mm -hmm. so like one of my favorite secret societies the angel society they are just known for doing things to reach out to students in need i know that they wrote a really special letter that I keep to this day and they have this white rose that they give you um, after they found out my mom had passed and wow. it was left outside of my room and little things like that were like this is really cool and special but what if you have a year where there's no one in the angel, so- angel society who's black for example yeah. how are they going to know of a student who's African American who is in need and yeah. needs something like that written and little things like that where what they did was they turned Black Dot into the Sable Society and they tapped a few members. And so what it stands for, and and this is, whoops, if I'm spilling our tea, but I think it's cool, so Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say it, is so Sable stands for Students Accentuating Black Leadership and Excellence. And so it's an acronym. okay. And so that really started off and the group has really been started solely with the purpose of taking all the great things that the secret societies do and focusing that lens on the black community to make sure that those voices also get represented. Mm -hmm. Those voices also have a chance to kind of have the same say or feel and have things done for them. And so it's, it still has a bit of that activist role, I think, in some of the initiatives that they take on in making sure that certain issues in the black community are brought to attention in the same way that when the Zs write a letter and post it on the president's door, people pay attention. Yeah. They look at that. Sable's 
just hit, I think, like six years. So we don't have that kind of uh, alumni base. We don't have that kind of donor money. We don't have that kind of sway. But there's still something that can be done. So that's what the group exists to do. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that explanation. And I think the reason it came up in Emma's episode because was because Sable Society created a list. Blacklist. Yes, the yep. blacklist mm-hmm. of things. It's kind of like the yeah. whatever 100 things that you should do before you graduate. Exactly. And so I think that's really special and it's awesome that, you know, you were talking about how like there might not be funding to do big events or whatever, all that stuff. But like something like the blacklist is so special to black students at UVA, I'm sure. Right. And being able to like publicize that like on lawn rooms is Mm -hmm. something that's really important. It's a fun little tradition that I'm glad has stuck around. Yeah. Okay. So can you tell us what like the tapping process was like to be in Sable? That I probably cannot really go into. Damn it's it. nothing crazy. It's nothing like any like hazing or any crazy stuff like that. It's the only thing I will say, and this is something that I thought was really cool, is it's like multi steps. Like, yes, it usually does happen sometimes in the wee hours, but also some parts of it did happen during the day. Okay. But what was cool about it was the biggest thing during the tavern process, and I love this, was you had to frequently, like, they basically sent you on little things to do where you had to read and learn about black history at UVA. Like you oh, had to go I learn about that. the first yeah. African-American student at UVA. You had yeah. to learn about students. You had to learn about when Martin Luther King came and spoke and like all these different things. And it was stuff that you had to had to know. Yeah. And so like that was really interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I won't go too into it, but I do. That was something that I remember very vividly. It was like, that's a cool piece to understand this group and what its mission is, understand everything that's come before us. Yeah. Awesome. All right. And the last question about a secret society is what's the craziest story you have? Ooh. Okay. Actually, I have a great story and it has nothing. Well, technically it does have something (laughs) to do with me in a secret society, but it, oh my God, I still laugh about this to this day. So my second year, I was tapped by some students who I went to high school with. Oh, to, actually, they went to my rival high school. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to mention names because if they ever listen to this, they're like, oh, I can't believe you just told that story. about." Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was so I got these like emails from this thing called the Troubadour Society. And okay. I doubt it still exists to this day. It maybe it does. And I'm mis- mistaken. But so I was like, oh, I've never heard of this. And like any other kid at UV, I'm like secret society yeah. out to me this is cool let me go see what they're talking about and so i i like got the email and i was like meet at this location on north grounds at this time and i was like oh all right God. whatever so i go okay i take the north line or whatever it was to get all the way up there it's like midnight i get there and there's a couple of other people and i recognize a couple of them. i was like huh and i was like i've seen them before i was like yeah. okay and so we're like all standing in like this line and there's a bunch of us and i was like okay and these kids come out they take us around and like all the stuff and so they do and, and what it ended up being i think it was honestly the best way to sum it up it was basically a smaller more christian angel society okay is what i think that they were going for was trying to do with it and it was like it was a lot of kids i recognized and they had done like young life or things like that uh-huh. and i had done that a bit my first year as okay. well and so I, I saw this and I was like, oh, I recognize them from this. And I was like, okay, this is a lot of kids I have seen around like different Christian organizations, communities, interesting. And so then they like, Taffy brought you in and we had like our first meeting that next week. And so we're at the meeting and they're talking. And so one of the guys just gets up, they're all doing introductions. And they're like, so to our new members, like, great, like, here's a little bit about the group. And they're like, just introduce yourselves. And I, I introduced myself after a few other people. And one of the guys like, yeah, so 
Malcolm, one of the reasons we really wanted to tap you was because, you know, you're class president, you're an RA and all stuff. And we just felt like you've got to be a seven or a Z or in one of the other ones. Tell us how to get this started. Like, <laughs> we don't know how to do secret societies. Oh my God. Every, it's like 20 kids. They're all in this room. They're all looking at me like eyes like, all yeah. big and eager. And I'm <laughs> That's like, exactly what I said when I, guys, I asked Malcolm, if he, I was like, were you in a secret society? And obviously he was. And he was like, I was in table, and I was like, that's just, that's a cover up because you were obviously a seven or something. And I know you just can't tell me. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I need yeah. you to make direct eye contact with me and tell me you're not a seven I'm or a not Z. A seven or a Z. <sighs> All right, guys, he didn't make eye contact with me. So. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, so they are looking at me, and I'm just looking back, and I was like, guys, I hate to ruin your day <laughs> and tell you you wasted a tap. This is the first time any secret society's ever acknowledged my oh. existence. <laughs> So thanks for the invite. And I kind of never showed up to another meeting. Oh like, my God. Yeah, that's so I, funny. I was just, I was, it was kind of frustrating in a way because it's yeah. like, oh, like you're like, oh, cool. Like these people that I know or whatnot are like wanting they to bring want, me into yeah. something. It's a big addition. And it's like, like, no, we're just trying to you use you. <laughs> wanted me for my possible knowledge that doesn't oh exist. Oh my gosh. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, that's, that's honestly the craziest secret society story I have. I thought it was freaking hilarious. But that is. I've never, I haven't heard any news about a Christian secret society. That means it likely didn't make that five-year mark. Wow. I don't even think it made the three or four-year. No offense to any of the people who started or maybe even still doing it. But, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thing. These things come up, like, probably dozens every year. And they don't stick around because there's someone who has the idea. They think it's a good idea. They run it. They do it. They get to their fourth year. They graduate. And it dies. And no one, yeah, and no one that's takes why, it. It's like, like a club, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why, like, the guides, for example, like, it... it it waits until the thing reaches a point where it's like, okay, this isn't going to leave. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry I can't. I have uh, nothing more to tell you about any of the other No, that was, that was lovely information, much more than Ned could give me. So thank you for that. <laughs> All right. Now we can go into our rapid fire round of questions. Okay. Hit me. So the first one is, what do you miss most about UVA and what do you not miss about UVA? I miss most with Miss Kathy. Yeah. I literally, so I was here for a board meeting yesterday and I was in between that meeting and the cocktail party afterwards. Okay. And so I was like, ah, I got some time to kill. So I swing by Newcomb and I hear, I hear her voice. Aww. She's saying, you go, baby, you go. Aww. And I, I turn and I walk over and I have a mask on everything. Yeah. And she's like messing with like the cards. And she, I was like, I thought I might find you here. And she looks up. And oh, she started crying. She's like, Malcolm. Oh, she has, it made my entire life. Yeah. Like, I, so I am one of, I remember asking, dining about this. I know this is rapid fire and I'm literally giving you a story. <laughs> I told you I'm so No, limited. all good. And, um, but I asked dining one day because I was so curious. So there were six students in the class of 2018 who kept an all unlimited meal plan all four years. I was one of them. Okay. So I saw Miss Kathy. She probably, of any person at UVA, saw me most frequently because I was always in Newcomb. Yeah. I always said hi to her. I had an unlimited meal plan. But so I went and I, I saw her and we caught her. We talked for like 10 minutes. Wow. And it was just so good to see her. Like, she just has so much love to give to people. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. So I, I miss her so much. I think if I have to give a tangible thing, my second 
people would always give me crap. They're like, oh, what was your favorite part about living on the lawn? I was like, having a fireplace. <laughs> and they're like, what? And they're like, what no, about all the people a, and all that stuff? Yeah, I was like, a fireplace. No, have, you had, I'm like, have you ever had a fireplace yeah. in your home? And they're like, no. I was like, have you ever just tossed wood on a flame and just sat and watched it for three hours instead oh of studying? And they're like, no. And I was like, that's why you're laughing at my answer. Yeah. It's the best thing. You ever. don't know. <laughs> it's nothing better than falling asleep to a live fire. It's oh just, my oh. gosh. Wow. Falling asleep. Wait. <laughs> Look, I mean, you put the little great thing up. It's not going to go anywhere. Just make sure your shoot's open and you're not going to burn the place down. It's, oh yeah, I, I would you're like nothing better like than burning every single lawn room. I would always go by the alarm. I'm like, hey, guys, like I know like it's about to get warm. You haven't used all your firewood. Can I have it? Yeah. Can I have it? And they were just like, they were like, yeah, sure. That's whatever. so funny. Just, when I was in Emma's room, someone came by in August and asked if we wanted to buy firewood. She was like, oh, yeah, maybe later. <laughs> yeah, no, they they come pretty early because they want to get you get you early. It's smart. That's so yeah. funny. All right, okay. I'll try and actually do rapid fire. I'm sorry. Okay. What do you not miss about UVA? Oh, what do I not miss? I don't miss first years recognizing me at bars or something. Yeah. That was very frustrating. <laughs> I remember there was one, one time in particular I was in class with my friends. And they're like, oh, look, my you were my little brother's snap story. And I was like, what? What? And it was like her, her little brother was a first year who was at a bar. And I was like, one, why is your little brother in a bar? Yeah, you're like, T. Yeah. And I was like, come on now. And then, but she like showed me the kid was like taking a snap video. And it's like, UVA class president at bar. And he's like zooming in on my face at bar. I was like talking to one of my friends. And I was like, are you kidding me? Oh I stopped going in the fourth year. I only went to like That's friends of so rooms at bars. It was funny. just so fun. I was like, this is so, like, I get, it's like. So what is, what is that like to be celebrity? Was it ever fun? That's to, like, the have thing that's be weird like, about UVA. No other school does this. Like, no other school puts people on pedestals like okay. this, which is the funny thing. And like, maybe I'm wrong. I've only been to this school. I'm only coming back yeah. to this school. But I, it was always funny to me because I'm like, do other people, like, I don't, I don't really get it, you know? And I know it was something like, um, I was, I was friends with a couple of people on the basketball team. So like those guys get it. Like those guys. Go oh anywhere. yeah. We were They're talking about this everyone. at coffee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was one of those things like Mamadi Diakite and I had um, we had learned to groove together which is like the best class ever okay. fourth year. you gotta try and take it and he was just the man he's such a good dude he's such a kind heart Yeah. and I remember like I would see him or like Jack Salton it was always scary when he saw Jack Salton yeah. in the dining hall because he would he's like six foot like five or something like yeah. that and he just towers over everyone i'd see him in the dining hall we had a class schedule last summer so we'd always be in nukem getting food at the same time and you just hear hey malcolm like, <laughs> over his booming voice over everyone and you look and you look up and he's like across the room and you just watch the sea split yeah. as he walks down towards you and he was like hey man he's like want to grab breakfast and i'm like yeah let's do it Aww. i don't know why i just gave him that accent yeah. or whatever. but so <laughs> but so like we would sit and it was one of those things where like, you talk and like other guys from the basketball team would see him and they come they'd sit down they'd chat and i would always think and i was like the absolute worst thing you can do it's like oh sweet like there's Kyle guy or there's whoever and it's like i'm not gonna say like oh my god selfie whatever it's like yeah. oh hey what's up Kyle? yeah like what's up guys cool and they'd sit and it's like i'm just we're just hanging out and yeah know, that's something that i think that's kind of lost on students sometimes like you see someone and you like think that there's some figure like we're just students mm -hmm. we're just here to get our degrees or play our sport or both or mm -hmm. whatever it may be where you kind of got to remember like we're all humans mm -hmm. and i know like jim ryan probably feels the same way like he's just trying to do his job yeah he's, for the school that he cares a lot about and sure like kids probably just want a selfie and want to see him but like he just wants to get them get to know them as human beings mm -hmm. and that's kind of my thing so yeah yeah, yeah. I'm so That's, bad at this rapid fire. I'm so no, sorry. all good because all these stories are so interesting. That kind of relates back to like what Cabral was talking about last episode, though, or no, two weeks ago. 
guys, I just took Benadryl before this because I'm actually super allergic to dogs. And so I feel like so Isn't loopy right dog? now. Yeah. I just, I love. What? I, <laughs> he's supposed to be hypoallergenic and he is. But whenever I spend like long periods of time without him and then I come back, I'm like, my eyes like get so puffy and stuff. So you're about to fall asleep and I'm going to take over your pod? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm like, this is plan. about to be a solo show. <laughs> no, but that relates back to what Cabral was talking about and how he said that was something that was frustrating with being an athlete is people like looking at you a different way or like putting you, mm. like putting this intense spotlight on you. And then in a way, like it doesn't let you have like a normal college experience because everyone, you don't know if who's taking a Snapchat video of you. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like there's, there's elements of like, there were, there were times and, I loved when students would come up and say something about how I somehow impacted their UVA experience. That wow. interrupt me a hundred times out of the day. I will not care. Yeah. I'm when, just going to take that sound bite of you being like, interrupt me a hundred times. Interrupt me a thousand times. times. Like any kid, take the snap for the, the Snapchat video, interrupt me whenever. Yeah. Like, yeah. But no, I mean, I and I've had, there was this one, oh, I'll never forget. I believe her name is Estelle. And she came up. So um, the other, my quote unquote claim to fame was the year in review videos for UVA communications. I did those for years and like narrated those. And so my fourth year was at their convocation because I was class president afterwards. I was at the little social hour and this girl comes up to me and she like taps me on the shoulder. Her name's Estelle. It's cute little first year with curly hair. And she like taps me on the shoulder. She's like, hi, she's got this British accent. I have a terrible accent, so I can't even do it. She's like, hi, um, you're Malcolm. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, my name's Estelle. I'm, I'm from the UK and you're the reason I came to UVA. And I was like, hi, it's so nice Damn. to meet you. What do you mean? And she's like, well, I couldn't afford to come do college tours in America. And so I made my decisions based off things I found on the internet. And I watched all of your year in review videos. Wow. And you talking about the school and the things that were going on is what made me decide on the school. And I was like, this is so cool. And so like fast forward her third year. So how I ended up in all those videos, I worked for the communication office for a couple of years. She was the intern that replaced me a couple years later. So she then worked with the guy. That is such a full circle moment. So I remember when I things happen, that's so them. satisfying. Oh my, my old boss is literally getting married next week and I'm going to the wedding. And oh my it's gosh. like, it's like the coolest thing. But I remember when I came back to visit them and he was just like, um, and I saw them and Estelle was in the office and she was like, hello. And I was like, hi. And I was like, you guys. And they were just like, yeah, she like wanted to come work here now. And I was like, this is, that's the stuff that, those are the things when I look back on my experience where I would go through hell and back a thousand times over to have that kind of impact on someone. Yeah. Um, and so that like, those are the intangibles. The, there are people who were that for me and having someone say that that's something that you ever give to them is like, it, it's just untouchable. It's yeah. The reason I was an RA. It's the reason I stay involved in any aspect to this day. So yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. That's such a sweet story. <laughs> Wow. I don't even remember what question that was a part of. <laughs> so the next question is, why were you so obsessed with your RA? Izzy, <laughs> I know you submitted this question. So I, I'm, unless it wasn't him, yeah. which is ridiculous. I know it was him. So Israel Vaughn was my RA. He was a VG. He was the best, greatest dude. My mom was obsessed with him. She, she loved that when I got to UVA, my RA was black. Yeah. She absolutely loved that. And he was, he was like this great, well-spoken, just like super, like, and when I say well-spoken, I don't mean like the, like he, you know, 
stupid stuff that people say about African-American men or women who can like speak well. Mm. I mean, well smoke in the sense of the man has the voice of an angel. Yeah. I could listen to him talk or sing all day long. So when I say like well-spoken, what I mean is Izzy is like one of those guys where you'll get on the phone with and it's like, no, no, just, just tell just me about your day. Yeah. Just tell me about your day, bro. Yeah. Like, I just want to hear what's going on. Yeah. He's like, I don't have time to talk to you. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 <laughs> no just keep please. talking, bro. Like, come on. So I don't know. Is he like, you become an RA. It, I, I feel like it's the same reason sometimes people become you know, parents in a way. It's yeah. like you do it because someone before you either did it really poorly and you don't want to be anything like them and you want to make that experience better for someone else. Or you do it because someone was incredible at that thing and you want to be just like them and you want to give that back. So my quote-unquote obsession with my <laughs> RA was not an obsession, but I do really look up to Izzy in a lot of ways. Aww. I think he was awesome. He's the reason I became an RA because wow. he was just so great. And he did this thing that I ended up like – I texted him all the time my first year as an RA and even my second when I would – say things to my residents that he had said to me and I was like oh my god I get it now yeah like the, the biggest thing was he in our his first hall meeting with us he said very sternly he's like let me get this straight I'm not your friend <sighs> he's like I am your RA and I am not your friend I will do whatever I need to do to make your experience great and to help you guys out but I'm not your friend. So every time he would have to write us up, he's like, remember, I'm not your friend. Because that's the first thing you say as a kid. Yeah. You're, you're like, Tom, I thought we were friends. Yeah. What did I tell you about <laughs> first meeting? I'm not your friend. And I did the exact same thing when I became an RA. I'm like, look, I got you guys. Like, I have your back through and through, but I'm not your friend. Yeah. And I refuse. It's funny. I refuse to accept any friend requests until the day they were no longer my residence. Yeah. And so like the bunch of them would send it. And like Izzy had done the same thing. But yeah, like he's just sorry. he's just an incredible guy. I hate that he put that question in there just so I could talk about him <laughs> and make him seem like a good dude. But now he better share this podcast episode <laughs> and plug bring your own baggage. Oh, my gosh. No, he probably was like, huh? this will be a funny question to ask and then you just gave such a sweet and thoughtful answer he's like crying listening to it he's he, like damn he's not gonna cry. he has no soul yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh um okay so the next question comes from caroline oh god we love caroline caroline um, is how she's we one got of those residents i'm referring to yeah. <laughs> um so caroline says where does knock if you need me try not to need me where did that come from <laughs> I love that question. All right, Caroline, you get a point for that. <laughs> so so this was not something that Izzy gave, but it, it's something I gave to my first year of residence as an RA, and then I kept using I still use to this day. So I, I, my first haul, it was in the basement of Hancock. They were awesome. They mm -hmm. were just such great guys. Some of them were a little wild, but they, so Justin Shalap, became best friends with two of the girls a couple floors above Sarah Bondi and Katie Brown and Caroline Biondo who's mm -hmm. the one who said that <laughs> question and so the th four of them were the four musketeers and so Justin and those three were always down in the lounge which was across the hall from my room okay and um they they were me to Izzy they were, they were obsessed with their RA, whatever. So like, they were always trying to like, let's hang out, let's hang out. I'm like, guys, I'm studying. It's like, I'm not your friend. And it's like, yeah. hey, let's go to Newcomb. I'm not your friend. You know, little things like that. And it got to a point where, but they knew at the end of the day, like, I, I've got your backs, whatever you need. There were multiple times. I remember Justin calling me one time, like an RA's worst nightmare. <laughs> Malk, I'm drunk and I don't know where I am. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> And I had sprained my ankle playing basketball the day before. Yeah. He's going to hate me for telling the story. 
And I was like, do you see any street or anything that helps? And he's like, I see 13th. And I was like, I'll be right there. Uh-huh. The buses were like 15 minutes away. I sprinted oh from old dorms gosh. all the way to 13th Street. Dang. I get there. He's fine. Yeah. It was one of the other residents from the dorm. He's like, oh, I think they need to go home. So <laughs> I rode the bus with them. But I was like, I just hobbled all the way yeah. from old dorms here for nothing. Uh, but so it's like little your old residents like, listening to it being like, wait, uh, I'm nothing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> God dang it. You just roasted me. You caught me. But no, not for nothing. Not for nothing. I just can't tell the rest of that story because she will kill me. But um, yeah, it was, it was one of those things where like they knew because the thing, the little things I did is like he cares, but there was a line I had to draw. Yeah. And that's where that phrase came in is I would always go in there. They'd be in the lounge like one in the morning, come hang out. Like, let's chat. Let's catch up. How's your day? I'm like, guys, it's late. I need to go to bed. I would love to stay and chat, but I'm not going to. Yeah. And I would always leave and I would say, knock if you need me. Try not to need me. <laughs> because I it's knew. setting boundaries. It's set boundaries. And it's like, it's something that I literally adopted into like almost my everyday life. There's so many people who I like, I don't know if you know this, you can do an emergency contact on your phone. Yeah. So it makes it so that if these people in your emergency contact text you or call you and your phones do not disturb, it always still goes off. Mm. And so like, my residents to this day, I have that on for them. Aww. So like if they, it's like three in the morning, they call me and my phone's do not disturb. It's still going to ring, yeah. you know, and I still refer to them as my residents. I know I should stop, but wow, it's I'm like, sure they'll love they to hear hate, that now. They're they like, wait, we have like 24 seven access oh to you God. still. They're going to call me at four in the morning just for that. <laughs> just to say, it. Hey, yeah. And so, but it's like that, that's the mindset I take to people that I really care about. It's like, Knock if you need me, call, text if you need me, but just try not to need me. Yeah. You know, it's like, I want you to be okay. I don't want you to be in a situation where you need to call me, but know if and when you are, I got your back. Yeah. So that's, that's the birth of knock if you need me, try not to need that's me. That's so sweet. I love that story. Okay. So thank you for all of your insightful answers. Like that was just, I know you were talking about Izzy as being well-spoken, but I think that you are very well-spoken and uh, you. you know, you have Do to I have a you sultry have... voice. Should I sing for yeah. you too? <laughs> You have the relaxing voice too. Like oh. honestly, you could do ASMR. Ooh, <laughs> like should I? Oh my god! Where, do you have any? Like, hey wait, I mean, Pilot over here looks like he could do some ASMR. I think we should hang on. Oh yeah, sure. Pilot, do you have anything to say? Do you guys hear that? We are now moving into dog ASMR. Pilot is chewing a green bone. Malcolm is shoving the microphone in his face. Oh, he's about. Is he gonna go for it? Is he gonna lick and it? And there's your. Puppy ASMR. You heard it here first. Okay, so our last question is probably the most important one, just reflecting back on your time at UVA. So Mm -hmm. the question is, when you lived on the lawn, did you pee in your sink? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, this question. Why is this the question that every single person wants to know? No. <laughs> vehemently no. I did not ever pee in my sink. I am saying that now and not as many lawn residents as I think do, okay? Now, I also have When I when I put that poll up on oh my story, my I had quite a few lawn residents really? be like 100% That's I peed wild. in my sink. Anyone who says they didn't is lying. So, so here's the thing and, and it's a cheat code honestly. Room 26, which is the head resident room every year, it never moves. And room 28, if you live in either of those, people don't think about it. It is the best room because they are both directly above the bathrooms. Room 26 is above the women's restroom on the east side. 28 is above the men's. So I 
the effort it would take me to get out of my bed and over my sink to pee <laughs> is just the same as it would take me to get out of my bed and down the stairs to the bathroom. <laughs> it's right there. And so, no, I never peed in my sink. I thought that was just the most disgusting thing. And I like, I mean, no harm, no foul to the people who do it because like that's your sink, whatever, just like bleach it the day you leave, you know, for the next person or something. I was not going to do that to myself, you know, like, oh, I just, no, I oh never, I'm gosh. a bit of a germaphobe if you can't Wait, tell. Emma Keller's calling right now to ask her what she thinks about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Emma, I'm with Malcolm recording right now and we just, he oh. just answered the, did you pee in the sink question. So do you have any last minute oh. thoughts you want to add on that? <laughs> yeah, um, you're live right now on air. <laughs> okay. Hi, Emma. Um, I still think it's absolutely nasty to pee in the same place that you wash your dishes. That's all I have to say necessary <laughs> no she said it's gross to pee in the place oh, I where thought you, you said your... it's absolutely necessary <laughs> no nasty <laughs> oh do my. we have it on record emma that you pee in your sink <laughs> you have it on record that i've never peed in my sink ever respect emma mad respect okay i'll call you back in a bit okay bye <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was perfect timing. So many but random that's... things. We got ASMR on this episode. We got Emma calling in. This is great. Oh my goodness. We really might have to do a part two. Yeah, I would I would love that. I think we should. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Malcolm. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. This was really fun. This, this, was, this was a really fun episode and I'm so glad to... Caroline, shout out Caroline for putting shout us in contact. Uh, we love you, Caroline. Do you know she's here right now? Here in, in Charlottesville? Yeah. Where? Let's go bugger. I think I have her location. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Stay tuned because he will be on again. Don't <laughs> don't you worry. Um, and if you guys are still listening, thank you so much. And remember to BYOB next week. Bye. Bye.